When you're developing players, the coolest part is the guy that's number 60 may end up number 5. But the guy that's number 1 may end up number 20. Because when you develop them, they may be taught that at their development. Mm -hmm. In this particular sport or whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter. It's, it's no different than, like you said, in sales or any business. Hey, Jack Lair here. Another episode of The Lair. Special guest, Joe DeStefano. Joe, welcome to The Lair. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me on The Lair. Good deal. So all I ask is a lot of energy because I know that you don't have much of that. Nah, just a little. Uh, he has a ton of energy. So super excited to have Joe here. Uh, Joe is a part of our world. He entered my world a number of years ago. And Joe, share a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Jack. A um, little bit about me. Um, pretty much been known as a person who knew his path from the time I started. I just say it straight out like that. Uh, most people don't go to military school right out of high school. They, you know, choose other paths. But you did that, right? I, I chose to do it. Yep. Okay. I knew, and one of the things I was asked about right up front was, you know, why'd you want that? I said, I knew it's where I belonged. Okay. I think and understand. I think I've carried that through my life. You go on from there. I'm a father of three. Okay. Daughter 22, son 19, um, daughter 17, and at one time in my life I had three teenagers. So. You can all, that's all fun at once. But, hey, they're great kids, and I'm very fortunate. That's, and that's the best thing I've done as, as a dad. Um, but I also knew what I wanted to be there, and I've maintained that same course. That's a consistency by me. From that point on, um, 15 years in the military as an attack helicopter pilot, troop commander in the Air Cavalry. Um, so, basically, if you go back from the beginning, I knew the path I wanted to take. I knew where I wanted to belong. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you do a reflection on your life, and it's a life of service. Yeah. And now post all those things and not my kids are still there, of course, you just that's the life I'm trying to live is this life of service and do those things. Yeah. So I, Joe is heavily involved in uh, helping others and uh, being a servant leader. Right. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, you know, what, what what what's in the future for Joe? Well, right now we're working on, you know, we are partnering up together to work with teams and people on their performance. So one of the things that, I, that brought to my attention was I need to be focused a little bit more on the total performance process. And it took me a little time to figure that out, to understand what that meant. It was actually other people that helped guide me. And what really launched it was actually something that I'll just tell the man over here himself, put together a thing called Mindset Matters during COVID. Got a phone call at 6.20 a.m. that said, Joe, do you want to do this today? I'm like, yeah, sounds great. And he said, what do you want to talk about? I said, how? And he said, what do you mean how? I said, well, everybody that's been on the show, and I've been watching and been part of it. And just to give a little background, yeah. Mindset Matters was something we put together during COVID to help folks with uh, lid issues, like people that were struggling, tons of self-furloughing, people leaving the industry, people like just really struggling on the sales side in the United States and Canada. We brought a lot of people together. Zoom had a Facebook uh, group called Mindset Matters. And uh and we'll expand on that a little bit later here, but Joe. Yeah, it just it, so what it became was, you know, everybody gets excited, Jack. I mean, I'm serious. You you get somebody an idea, and what's the first thing we do? Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. Well, you and you'll, they'll get they'll get a piece of advice, and it'll say, go sit in front of your computer and Google, whatever X, Y, or Z. They do. They're sitting there. They're all excited, and they go, what's next? And they're sitting there, and they're sitting there, and they don't know. Mm. So. I thought about that. And I'm like, everybody's excited. These are Jack's bringing on incredible people would help motivate, make people feel good. And, and again, you opened it up to not just real estate; it was for everybody. 
Yeah. And it did not matter if you were part of his company. He brought it in and opened this up, and it was about helping other people. Yeah, abundance mentality and helping others. It didn't matter if you were a so-called competitor or not. Like, we were helping everybody. And you made it clear. And so when he asked me what I want to talk about, I want to talk about how, because I, there were people exciting me to listen to them. And I, and I and it literally just, as soon as he said the words, it came out of my mouth and literally where I've taken where I was, and now it's into the how. Because, you know, everybody in their companies and their groups or however they go about their worlds, they all have a process. They have a system. You know, Jack, your company has a pro set of processes, things you want done. You have a multitude of groups of people, and, you know, like the military likes to talk about, we all need to know we're tying our boots at the same time, but from the neck up, that's what makes that personality and the culture and that team, that dynamic they talk about. Correct. Everything from the boots up has got to be the same, but when the, from the neck up, that's where it all gets created, and that's the process of having different people in different teams. Well, there's a little, there's a little thing that maybe we're missing. We'll chat, chat about that a little bit later. <laughs> I know exactly it, where we're but going. But it's like right in this area, that's right. right? That's exactly right. Yeah, so the, maybe that's not always the same. That is correct as well. Okay. And, but then we also like to eliminate some of those people that can't get that, that, that thing in the middle to the right place either. Yeah. That's yeah. something important to us. We'll, we'll talk about heart here when it comes a little bit. But a little bit more, last piece of this is going to be this. I like and enjoy taking different people and it, on the same team. They have an end result and an outcome, measurements, performance, whatever you want. Yep. But you need to get those 10 people performing the outcome that you need under your process. But they all understand it differently. There's going to be a different mindset about how to go about it. Yeah. I work with the people that do that in different ways. But I go about their how. The key to my words are, it's what's your how. Not your why. I assume you're already here for a reason. I take that for granted. I'll ask you, but I presume you're here for a reason. Yeah. The next part is if you're struggling with how... I'm going to work through your mindset and how you do things to help you get the outcome that needs to be gotten. So it's like, I like the, my taking of it is the walking human Lego manual. There's no step-by-step -step program unless you're an NA or, you know, AA. And last time I checked, not everybody's a drug addict or an alcoholic. And, you know, it, it's great that those things exist, but what about just the regular things in life? Yeah. The steps, I, I like to be a step-by-step -step manual. He's a, Joe's a systems and process guy. Um, and again, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we move forward here today. But Joe, like our history, like how do we meet? Like what happened? Well, Jack and I, uh, this is, this is the, some of the funnest, most fun things I like to talk about and share. And um, basically the bottom line was, you know, your kids are doing things. And now in life, your kids are, you're doing, it's part of your job is to literally be the show. You know, transportation issues aren't just a school thing. They're actually a parent thing. You got to figure out how to get them all places. Yeah. And so Jack and I had our kids in a thing called skill builders, the basketball, basically basic fundamental. My, my number two son, I have yep. four and you have one son. One son. And he, we yep. were literally, it was one hour for this and his son was the next hour. Now here's the thing. There's 50 kids out on the gym floor. Now, that means there's X amount of parents picking up somebody. Maybe in a, let's just t cut it in half. Let's say there's 25 parents picking up 50 kids because they all divided by two. Yeah. What are the odds on him and I on every single time walking by each other and then striking up a conversation to say hello? Well, I mean, just and it just happened like that. We literally would run into each other and just say hello, start a small conversation. But it began right there. Did. Some, call, some people call it a sign. Some yeah. people call it fate or whatever. Yeah, karma, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, but it just seemed thick. And then, you move, then we spin it forward. Jack's oldest son, I was his first football coach. Yeah. It's one of the greatest blessings of my life, and I will say this in front of everybody. I've told the story a million times, and I'll tell it till I coach my last kid and teach my last person. You can only get one person to trust you first, and your son was the first. He will only ever be number one, and there will only ever be number one. Uh, there's a young lady that just graduated high school. I went to her grad senior graduation. She was the first young lady to do the same thing. Mm. And in both cases, they both asked the same question question to me was what can I do for the team and I said trust me 
and be a leader. Mm. Both of them literally came the same way. They came about it, and then they and they believed in it. And then to be at their graduations, to be at their their celebrations, and and still be in their lives today is the most incredible experience. I won't trade for anything. There's nothing you can trade to have that trust. Most Period. definitely, yeah. That was a. It, it's a story that will for another day, but I can tell you, it's a it's a story that it's one of the most honored things I've ever been a part of is your son's life. Period. And uh, I'll continue on the, with the how we met and where the karma or Jack talked about karma energy, whatever you guys want to call this. We're talking, and he's on the sideline watching me, coach. And this is the first time I've coaching. This guy's, by the way, I'm going to give you a tidbit. He's already been a coach. So it's how long but he's been a coach. I've been a coach for about five seconds in comparison to Jack. Come to find out as we got to know each other, this man coached against me in my senior year in high school. So our history goes back all the way to 1993. Now, I was very young, right out of college, right. came on uh, Brad Livingston's staff Absolutely. At, at Central York. Yep. And um, you were with uh, Don Seidenstrickler <laughs> over at Southwest. They, they've had two incredible programs. Absolutely. Um, I was a, a quarterback at this at this high school and had an incredible uh, high school coach, uh, Brad Livingston, and also Ellsworth Kissinger, who was in the he was the quarterback in the Rose Bowl for USC back in the fifties. Um, I want to say fifty six or fifty nine. It sticks in my head, one of those two. But anyway, Els was an incredible human that that influenced me heavily. But we have a lot of commonalities yes. based on that experience, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. Jack and I both share this. You, you build a foundation from the people who teach you. Yeah. And I mean, I can say that over my lifetime, I have been very fortunate to be taught by great teachers, coaches. And I mean, I don't make this stuff up. I mean, I look at what people go through today and I'm just, I sit back and go, I got I literally go, what? Yeah. I, I didn't have that experience. So I've like, I've had to learn. One of the things I've kind of grown in is helping learn to fill gaps of teaching. I didn't have gaps. I had people that molded and built foundations. My desire to go to the military, I was always wanted to be in the military from the time I was eight years old. But then when you walk under somebody like a Don Seidenstricker and he, who put together a program, you know, it was Kwajanaq, who was our principal. Then it was Chuck Seidenstricker, his brother. Then, then Don took it over. I mean, that's a history and a consistency right there. Yeah. So you literally see from, well, there must be something to this. Then you could literally, there is, everybody likes Google Earth. Look up Southwestern High School. Look at the football field. There'll be a five-by-five five of dirt stuck on the ground in about three weeks when that ground is dug in, and it'll be five-by-five-by-five. By five by five. And it'll be the same thing they've been doing for the last th- – because it works. Hmm. Is that, that, that's a system and a that's process, That's a system right? and a process. And, and, he, and, and, used to and, say, and super disciplined, right? Absolutely. And Don used to like to use the words, we, we just reload. Because he was always developing. Yeah, next up, right? Next up, yeah. I mean, he, and he, and he, but he built it because – the guys that were seniors could tell. I mean, you. There was no question when you left your freshman year to go into var, the varsity level. There was no question what you were doing. There was an off-season program. You were going to do this. Come summer, you were going to test in the the bench press, the forty. You were going to run. Um, by the way, you were going to run a half mile, which those are numbers that are staggering because if you don't sprint, um, we had linemen that could run that were required to run. This is a great number: two fifty or less in the half mile. Or mm-hmm. linemen could run that. Just to give that's so everybody else had to be faster, but linemen running two fifty or less. And Jack will tell you that one of the things he remembers, and our current left tackle is the also a PhD principal for Mannheim Elementary School, Brian Cromer. Love you, Brian. Um, Jack and he looked each other in the eye, but he could run a two fifty half mile. I, I remember coaching against you guys, and I don't remember a ton of that back in ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, um, ninety six. But I do remember some teams, and I remember stepping on that field and saying, "This is the closest thing to a college team already." 
that's out on a field. I couldn't believe the size, the speed, and the intensity. And I'd come later on to find out that <laughs> Joe was one of those mother effers out there. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, you know, everybody who's played the game or played different sports, when you look across the field, the team looks big and you walk up to them and they're not that. Correct. We were a team that when we showed, we were as big as we looked. It wasn't across the field. It was worse it, in person. It's interesting. When you play college and you come back to coach um, in high school and you go on a field and you go, these kids are really small. Like, yeah. I didn't have that feeling against your team. I was like, oh, my goodness. I said, this is going to be a <laughs> – this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's a blast to play. I mean, we we had two, you know, we came up from two different philosophies. That's the other part that's really kind of interesting too. It's the philosophy of the coaching. Um, Jack doesn't believe in running the ball. I don't really believe in throwing the ball. But at the end of the day, our coaches were air guys and ground guys. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The point was the result was we were successful. And I've said to Jack before, by any measure, we were successful in what we did. By any measure. But there's a toll to be paid for that, and you learn from it. And we grow and we share. And that's one of the goals that we both have is sharing lessons. Why make somebody suffer through something when you can share your experience with them? I kind of take it to, well, if I give you 10 things that are that you could, that, to not experience because you'll get, you know, I just told you about them, I trust me, there's 10 more for you to handle on your own that are brand new. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to help you with the 10 that I can tell you about. That's how I look at it. So, Joe, we, we ended up coaching together yep. and taking over a youth program and making some significant changes I think this relates heavily to what we're doing together now. And I think, Joe, would you mind sharing? So, again, Jack and I were already in the program because I was coaching. Mm-hmm. We ended up coaching together. Well, the first thing you do when you're getting together is you kind of you got to figure it out. What makes sense? Build your system. Mm-hmm. So we built one. We built a system at the second youngest level that we coached. We coached our boys. And, like, I have a rule on coaching kids. You can. Other people say you shouldn't. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of liken it to this. Praise when necessary, correct when necessary, put the best players on the field. Last time I checked, that takes care of bias. If you can do those three things, mm-hmm. correct, praise, put the best players on the field. Call it a day. doesn't matter who you coach. You're a player, not a name. Too many people coach names. And too many people coach the highest, and there's the lowest. Uh, can I just elaborate on Please. that a little bit? I think that's something that's really important when you're coaching up your teams, you're coaching up your uh, people in your sales organization. Um, it's been my experience that the inexperienced and the ones that don't have the, the – they need to be coached up as coaches themselves. They get attracted to the talent. They get attracted to the easy way there you out. Go. There you go. It's less right? work. Less work. There you go. And so what happens is – and here's the other interesting part. They're attracted to the less work, and the person that they're attracted to gets less developed. Because, and that is the biggest problem you have. And Jack and I believed in whether we had, we had a roster of 60 – I can promise you, there we rated them one to sixty. We knew who was the last. We knew who was number one. But I promise you, you were developed. Yeah. And we even laid out. We were so systematic about this. I actually developed this for, and it's something that I'm, I specialize in developing analytics for stuff. Mm-hmm. And we actually looked at because we because there was a point we actually carried only seventeen players out of sixty on the varsity team. I told Jack we need seven two way players. Every player needs and we availability is playability. Seven two-way players, everybody else a one-way player. And by the way, the number two guy behind every one of those guys is so close to being on that guy's butt, his job's getting ready to be taken. It was a next-up situation. Absolutely. All day long. And yeah. se- we only took 17. And by the way, we had 17 healthy players for every game we ever played. Yeah. And that's just the bottom line. And is that luck? Maybe. Or maybe it's just the way we went about how we did our business. Yeah. And by the way, repetition, next man up, pulling guys up from JV, varsity. Um, we developed a system that's a little bit reverse of high schools. Most high schools run a varsity team, two scout teams. 
or you know vice versa or two varsity teams against a scout team we took our jv teams and they got all the reps so if it was a defensive varsity night our scout our teams were getting all the reps two teams back and forth monster reps and their offense was getting coached up where our defense was getting coached up 12 coaches 60 players that's a five to one ratio every sunday this is the this is my favorite part to talk about though every sunday my house every coach the entire week was talked about every game was talked about next set of videos was walked and we talked about our next week before you ever even started the week in the expectations bottom line up front so we're prepping for 9 10 11 12 year old that's right uh, these were these were right? college kids, guys. Let's make that very yeah. clear. Yeah, they, these were nine, ten, and eleven year olds. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and I will make this very clear. They were actually coached at a level way way beyond what they were ever coached at high school, and even most that one or the collegiate level. Um, they were coached at a very, very high level, and we were coaching them all up. Correct. There wasn't a bias. You didn't give favor to your child. Nope. I'd never allowed that foolishness. Nope. I did my best to prevent that from happening. But the cool thing was is that you saw one through sixty. All make incremental improvements throughout the season. And the thing is, Jack and I would talk about this. Like, when you're developing players, the coolest part is the guy that's number 60 may end up number five, but the guy that's number one may end up number 20. Because when you develop them, they may be taught that at their development. Mm -hmm. In this particular sport or whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter. It's, it's no different than, like you said, in sales or any business. There's people that just go from I don't know to rock stars. And then there's the guys that are. Right now, the current market, and Jack likes to say the best market is the one you're in right now. Well, not everybody excels like that and can change dynamically. Yeah. Then you see the guy that's brand new to the market that really has no predisposed bias to something. No predisposed bias or head trash. And right? then, yeah, and then they go, next thing you know, they're just, as far as they're concerned, they just buy into the mindset of, well, this is what I know. They, they only know this. So, so think about somebody walks into a market. I made a choice to go into the current interest rates are rising in the real estate business. Okay, great. I know to sell in this market. Well, that means if it's easier, if it, in quotes, we'll call it easier, yeah. and when the rates drop, well, shoot, this guy was successful here. But by the way, that's every successful human that's ever lived that's been done well in a bad market where everybody's quit and walked away. They just keep excelling through the market time frame and just let it go, and they're just steady Eddie through the process. It, you know, that growth mindset comes into play here. Um, like I've had people on our team where we took from zero to 120 transactions a year. The, the proof is... In my, in my stats, <laughs> right? And, and, and we have others that had, have done significant number of transactions on a monthly basis. When, that, when the growth mindset, when that starts to become... Um, uh, That's the way of living. Yeah. That's the way, I, it's the way you live. It's a beautiful to see what happens. But the, but the opposite is, is true as well. You can't shrink. Yeah, we've seen that happen too. Yeah. yeah. When you, when you turn it off or the ego takes over and you just become, you think you're something way more than you are. And we've had that happen in business. We've had that happen in coaching uh, athletics uh, from, from little kiddos to Division One athletes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the bottom line is when somebody stops growing, that's when it ends. When they, when they feel like they've reached whatever they've reached, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I wrote a thing, and I think I shared it with some guys in the room right now, a thing called Why Elite. And the general gist of it is, it's nothing to do with it's a tight it's a it's a thing it's a personal aspiration I, by any definition jack i'm as a what i've done for a living professionally militarily I, i'm elite there's no question there, i can tell you there, there's, a, no, there's no question be, if you know, i mean you'll learn more about joe as we go but it's, it's not even area no it's a flat-out fact is it is what it is yeah. and i it's taken me forever because i was like i just always thought i just it's just me yeah but then i started helping people and i'm like oh wait a minute maybe I, maybe i can do something a little bit and it really again goes up to the mindset I wanted to serve and I had the right mind and I don't stop. 
Like there is no, there is not enough. Inf- Jack will share this with you more than one time. There's not enough information for me to get. Yeah, that's I thrive on it. He, he's a super intelligent person. He'll remain as humble as possible. Um, he's, he's his IQ is of genius for Doug, and I think he's probably the, the the dumbest one in his family when it comes to that, right? Because because you have some relatives that have way beyond where you're at. Yeah, but let's you 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 touched on mindset. And I think one of the things that's really important that we did at the youth level that, that just so easily um, makes its way into business and helping coach others up is having that self-belief. And one of the things that Joe and I did was this little thing called up-downs. Up-downs with full pads and helmet on, right? In August. In August, where it's 93 degrees and 100% humidity and Pennsylvania, York, Pennsylvania, right? On a dirt field, on a what will become dirt, a dirt field very shortly. Yeah, it, there wasn't much grass out there, at least in where we were. So, having the self belief and having the belief of these young men start to match up with what we believed in them, and we held them back, right? We held yeah. we held them back purposefully to it's grow that self belief. Want yes, that pure desire. It's a pure, it became a pure desire. So up downs. We had a goal by somewhere in the season to do a hundred up downs. And we shared that with the team up front. Everybody said, there's just no way that can ever happen. There, it was there, a miserable, it, it, was, it was miserable. It, it was considered miserable. They, they thought we were, um, I, I, I'm sure they thought really, really poorly of us. Absolutely. And that's being, um, no, that's very, very kind. Nice. Yeah, that's very <laughs> um, but what happened with the self-belief Joe for these young men? Well, it, that was the greatest part. It's like, see, part of the process is when you're doing something new is, they've not had the belief at all. First of all, they have to believe in you. The only way that to get somebody to believe in you and what you're doing is to absolutely be consistent. Number one, first and foremost, when you show up, your day does not matter for, and again, we, we will reference this because this is our history together. So, but it's how we do things today. I don't care what your day was yesterday. I don't care what your day was last night. When you show up today, and it's a mentor of mine said this to me very clearly, you got to have game face on. It is game day every day. And not that people don't care, but there's people that that care. But for the most part, everybody's got their own stuff. Yeah. And we believed in these kids. They've got their own stuff. But when they came to us, it was going to be two hours of the best of their life. Yeah. So we brought that energy to that table every single night. And it was two hours a night, three days a week, not counting the games. That just got them ready. So what we did was we started practice with this. We started with five. We then went to ten. 20. And all of a sudden, they're like, we're like, oh, by the way, you just did this. You get a couple, you start getting the head nod, you start getting the buyers. But, oh, we got some buyers. Here we go. Yeah. And then that starts to grow because this guy doesn't want to outdo this guy. Then they start working. Yeah. Then it got to the point we got 30 to 40. And people, and we, they want to do more. We, now we're done. That's it. Moving on. They, and then it got, they kept wanting more. We kept saying no because we had, they had the taste. And when we hit 100, we did. It wasn't, oh, this was horrible. It was, celebration they wanted more we said no we hit we made the goal and it wasn't that we stopped we just found something new but the point was they made it and they wanted the goal it was no longer miserable it was night and it was louder every time we went along it was it was that was the coolest thing in the world to listen to that count yeah they were they were they were counting them out and there was there was the one young man i'm not gonna mention name i I love this gentleman um he just graduated from uh, high school which is pretty cool so i saw him and uh just made me think of Every now and then he would show up late to miss the up downs, but the culture of our team reinforced this young man to show up, and he started showing up. 
on time to be able to do 100 up-downs with his teammates. Yeah, we, we kind of helped the kids. And, again, it's empowerment. You know, you'll talk, you're here. We, we talk about it because if you can get a child to empower, be empowered, feel empowered, mm -hmm. they'll take that away. It'll go to school. It'll work with their friends. It'll work with their parents. And understand, like, a child can't drive themselves. So we would say, hey, tell your mom and dad this. Yeah. We, we would help them. And that was the, the entire concept was to help young people develop, have tools outside of the game that mattered on outside, just in the classroom with their friends, how to deal with peer pressure. And I will tell you, we didn't tolerate bullying. There was none of that. God help if that even came to the field from the day they just had because that was the end of that. Teammates were always uh, helping each other out, no matter what. In school, we always talked about that. You are there to be respectful, human beings, number one. And, and then help each other. Yeah, yeah they, 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 and they looked out for each other, which was a beautiful thing. And, you know, Jack, Jack and I put together kind of an opening that Jack used to do and uh, start strong, finish strong. Well, it started out with grateful heart. Grateful heart, compete to dominate in life, start strong, finish strong. Yep. So we used to always say finish strong. Then we had a couple times where our game started out a little soft, and we said, you know what, we need to put this into our mantra. Let's start strong as well. Okay, like you were doing a great job finishing strong, but you know when you get down 15, 20 points, um, let's not make it too hard. It makes it a little more difficult to finish strong. Yeah, and, so, and we took that program from a um, a wins loss losing perspective to something that they they believed in and brought that that program to a new level. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, Jack and I don't preach winning and losing. We preach competing. Um, you know, in the real estate world, Jack, you know, we've talked in sales anywhere. It doesn't matter. But the bottom line is we're talking about real estate. It's what you do. Um, every transaction that's not won or, or not made is loss. Well, you can get die off of it or you can go back out and compete some more because it is a competition. Yeah. And there are some great ones out there. I mean, flat out. And your, your team's competing against great people and good people and good systems and stuff. The question is, how do you manage and handle it? The bottom line is you start over and you go back to the needle goes back to midline competing lose win compete it never is lose you don't go from losing to winning and winning to losing you go back to competing every time yeah. there's a lot that goes into a win and a loss that has so little to do with all the other things that's right but you can control the, com the, the competing right that's right yeah. you control the next thing you do that's right. That's um, good. I did, and one of the previous things I just spoke about was it's not about the mistakes you made. It's not even about what you just did. It's about what do you do next. Yeah. Um, in a five minutes matter video that you know, you know that I'm working on, yep. I just spoke about what, how do you manage chaos. I said, and at the end result was of these words. When the tidal wave's coming and all the chaos is behind it, at some point you got to put your hand up and go, you're not crashing on me. We're stopping right here, and you got to take the next right step. Yeah, that's something I, I want you guys to all be a part of and understand that Joe is doing uh, Five Minutes Matter with Joe, and uh, that'll be part of our um, our mastermind called the 1737, uh, a supplemental part to that. So Joe shares something on a weekly basis on how he can help you, and we'll certainly uh, welcome your um, you know, whatever you want to talk about, yeah. Joe loves to address it. But he's done a bunch already. We shot a ton and can't wait to bring that. Yep. Um, so, Joe, just one thing I want to chat about that was really uh, important in our 
youth world, and then we'll go into our real estate world and our coaching uh, sales professionals and taking them to the next level. Um, and this goes back to a young lady that I met in Utah down in Mexico. And we're, you know, a lot of times people come to us and go, Jack, like, what can you do? Like, you guys are achieving really high levels. Like, what are you doing to like do all that stuff? And, you know, I just saw something in someone that, you know, they have young children. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to share this with you. I'm going to share this with everybody right now. And damn it, I get freaking emotional when I talk about this because this is something that's so like deep ingrained in what I'm about. And there was a, there was a, a study done. And listen, I, I can't quote the study. Um, so I, it was shared with me by another gentleman and a study was done about like they, they met with a lot of different professional athletes, a lot of football players, a lot of baseball players, a lot of basketball players. And they, and they went to them and they were talking about their youth athletic days. And they said to him, they go, what was the, what was the best part of being in youth athletics? And most of them came back and said, my friends, I just had a great time. I met friends. I got to do all that stuff. And then they asked, What is the worst experience? And this is the thing that I just want to bring home to people here. And you know what it was? It was so, a little bit surprising, but it was the ride home. Mom and dad chewing their son, their daughter, a new asshole, because they weren't the next Lawrence Taylor, the next whoever it, it was in the position they were. And they just tore their son or their daughter up. We call it living vicariously through their child for something they lacked. Yeah. And uh, we heard enough of it. That's for certain. So, you know, we ran the youth program. So we got to see it at every level and experience it. And I can't tell you how many parents came up to me with their eight-year-old child said, my son's the next so-and-so. My, my, my daughter's the next so-and-so. Because we had, you know, young women and young um, men on our, on our youth program. And I, I just heard it consistently and I was like my gosh this is not about your child this is about you that conversation was had too many times but it was had we, we had the bench oh, a couple we, months uh, we, we 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 absolutely I mean I, I'm just gonna straight tell you this when and then Jack and I eventually went from coaching to running the program as a whole the whole thing I can assure you and promise you this we were not afraid to confront that either yeah we we were there to take care of those kids and we made that program about the kids in a second you made it not about those kids we helped you understand and that's how we like to talk we help you understand things yeah and you can choose to not want to listen and then we have all the right you can as jack said we had to bench a few parents yeah we, we we help everybody in our world we coach them up or coach them out if they're not a good fit they don't belong in our world right and sometimes it's unfortunate but even the you know, we want, it's not, it's not all perfect because eventually at some point they are, they're not our children. And there were kids that left the program yeah. because that's what mom and dad wanted. And guess what? If that was a choice, there was no blinking, no hesitation, no discussion. We had literally the, the out waivers that were required by the league sitting in the upstairs equipment room. You asked that done. There was no blinking, no questions, no nothing signed, done, and you're gone. Yeah. There is no, there is, because again, too many people don't deal in the reality of the situation. They try to what if and what is. No, no, it's just what it is. And the thing is, the expect 
just like in, in business, like with you're dealing with a client, you're dealing with your sales professionals and helping them grow or the, or the folks in your team, you're giving them super strong upfront contracts. These are the expectations. If they don't get met, this is what happens. It was clear. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 clear. It, it, it's clear in our contracts. It's clear in the things that we do on a daily basis, right? Yeah, that, and that's and the message about that we're trying to share with everybody is this is not a new thing. It wasn't figured out a year ago, a month ago. This is um, our boys are 19. His oldest son is 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 going to his master's degree. My daughter is the same age. They're, they literally are all Jack's a little older than my I mean, they're all yeah. all of our kids sit around the same space. This didn't start yesterday. My daughter's 22. She's been hearing this since I was 22. I did video lectures for one of her classes. And she said the people asked her said, "Is what's your dad's life?" She said, "I've been hearing this for 22 years." Yeah. I mean, it was most incredible. It was awesome because she was pressed. You know, it's one thing for her to hear it. Then I was here in front of her peers in a classroom in college, and she literally said, "She came home. She goes, you know, it's I heard you even do these recordings. It was another thing to be listening to you in my classroom." Yeah. And she was pr- It was really cool, proud dad moment when your kids like, it's she wanted me to do it, but it's not the same thing as you know how do your peers receive it? But they they loved what I, and it was basically the questions were around team development. What do you do? And literally, one of the questions was, how do you make people want to come to practice? That was one of the questions I was asked. It was a sports psychology class she was in. Yeah. Or it was a psychology class for her nutrition work and dietetics. And I literally talked about making it the best experience of their life. Build the trust to where they want to be there. Love it. So, Joe, you obviously have some very influential people in your life. Absolutely. Do you mind sharing with us, you know, who they are? Sure. I mean, I'm gonna. I mean, it goes back before this, but I'll start with the man himself, Don Sidesher. There's no other. There, there is no other coach that has ever had more impact in my life. Yeah. None. Um, and it, it, he just he laid and began something that I just I believe into this day. I uh, got a chance to watch him. I I've gotten to listen to Don. I mean, I, I Jack can see. I got goosebumps talking about the man. Um, I anybody who wants to direct hit me up, I will send you a video that he did in the last five years with the seventh and eighth graders. And I can tell you now, you don't have to be coached by the man. Listen to this three to four minute time he's talking with the seventh and eighth graders coming up to the ninth grade program. I, it's 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 just like I was sitting there again. You know, the man's the my the first the guy used to write a quote on the board before every game. I know one. And I don't know why this sticks in my head, but it just makes sense. And it's one of the reasons we're here today. It's about making decisions. There comes a time in every man's life when he was hoisted the black flag and starts slitting throats. Mm. Oh, that sounds so horrible. No. All it was was make a decision. Yeah. It, it, it is a time. We're getting ready to go out. We're going to walk out in a column of twos, holding hands down to the field together. Together. You're going to go in and you're going to take somebody and the whistle's going to blow and you're going to slam your head into somebody else. The question is, what are you going to do? Because it's happening. Yeah. There's no, there's, it's a choice. You, you're going to go compete or you're going to get your butt kicked. And I just chose to compete. And he taught us how to do it. He, that's the other part. He taught us how. And then you go on from there. Military school. Colonel DeBlois. Uh, this is one of the coolest, again, I, it's just incredible stuff. When you see the combat patch of the big red one, for those who don't know, it just, it's one of the most historic infantry units on the planet. You can look it up. Big red one. He was a Vietnam brigade commander. And... Uh, he ran four miles a day, and the story goes, and it's never been, I've never been able to validate it, but I just know the man ran every day four miles. From what I understand, there's all kinds of stories, but apparently he carried four guys out mm-hmm. and ran a mile to do it. And he went back and did it. But this man was, I'm not the tallest guy walking, shoulders are a little wide, not the tallest guy, but Colonel DeBlay was shorter than I was. Mm-hmm. The difference was, it was like the sun showed up in your doorstep when he was at your door. Mm-hmm. He had a presence that was, he taught me what commanding presence was. Humble, commanding presence, servant leaders. He was, he was just 
he talked with command. And he's a man who taught me that, and it's taken me time because you get excited to do things. If you have the right silence and the right presence, your silence will speak, it'll scream. If you have the right presence, your silence will scream. Mm. I, don't, I try not to get bent out of shape anymore. I try not to do those things, it's just not worth it. What I do is I get silent. And I've known Jack a long time, and the joke about me is you want me on a little, as if those who know the A-team, you want me a little on the jazz, a little rolling, talking pretty quick. The calmer I get, the more quiet I get, oh, I'm not less upset, I'm the opposite. And that goes back to don't bring chaos to chaos because I already see it happening. So I just begin myself to bring myself to a space that I can be grounded and, found it and bring a foundation to something yeah. that it's going to happen. I see it in advance. And we don't confuse that with Joe trying to understand what you're trying to accomplish as he's coaching up our teammates, as he's coaching up potentially someone out here in our uh, listening audience or uh, viewing our, our viewers. But it's also like really understanding exactly what they're trying to accomplish and helping them match up. Listen. Yeah. And listen to them. That's yeah. the biggest thing. You learn to hear. It's their how. That's my joy. See, that's the funniest, the funniest part. We always say find something you love and make, you make a living doing that. I love doing the how. Apparently, it's supposed to be hard. My uncle was a great mentor of mine, great friend, and he said to me, I don't know how you made a business out of people's how. It's the hardest thing in the world to do is figure out how. Well, for me, I just wake up and it's kind of like a puzzle. It's fun. Maybe it's so. Maybe what I'm doing is a little bit selfish, so please, I would love to help you because it's a lot of fun for me. It works my mind, and I love doing that. And when you're looking for that, what's the next step? That's what I help people do. And that's the fun part for me. That's the joy. There's actually a, such a joy in helping that. And it goes back to, see, so we can keep carrying this back to the smallest thing, the buy-in. Mm. Because I've not found a person yet that when they're taught something they wanted to learn and then they see it, act, they actually do it themselves, is not excited. And I don't care what it is. From a touch on a soccer ball to kicking a field goal to, to closing a sale or figuring out how to do a piece of paperwork that was kind of struggling with a process. And a lot of times administration is part of the struggle people have. They don't quite understand how it fits into the process and why if I do this first, it actually gets, saves me time down the road. It just becomes this, I have to do this thing over here. Yeah. I love that. It's my favorite. Those are my, by the way, those are my favorite. The, why do I have to do that? And then I go, well, if we do that, here's what happens. If you just make it part of this and we do this, we find a place to put it, all of a sudden it's like, oh, light bulb goes on. And my favorite thing here is, I didn't think about it like that. I like that. You probably hear that a bunch. I, a lot. Yeah. But that's that's okay. That's the whole point. It's that self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah, When that, that's that's when it really hits hope. Yeah, and it's fun to see. It's fun. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an exciting moment because it's not a negative thing that they said. It's a, just this, the, it's truly the, I get to see the light bulb. Legit, the words come out of their mouth. Yeah. I get to see the light in the eyes, comes, and the whole, it, yeah. it's right there. It's, you can't, the expression is, is, it's peerless. There's no expression like the words that you get the tilt of the head. I didn't think about it like that. And that is what the light bulb turning on looks like. So it's very interesting. It kind of leads into like what we're talking about now, like, you know, by coaching people and getting them to compete at a very high level, um, the spirit of competition that we use within our own businesses. Um, talk a little bit about that, Joe. Sure. So, Jack, everywhere, in every space, everybody has a process. So I call it P4 to make it simple. Mm -hmm. And I'm a military guy. Come on. Acronyms have to be part of the world. So process, precision, performance, profitability. So if we start over, process. Everybody has one. Or they should. Mm -hmm. I, 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 would, I don't find many people they, they, they don't have Not everybody has I mean, one. I mean, they, they might have their own um, convoluted process. That's not consistent, right? Yeah, that's the issue with having not having a good one. Right. It's inconsistent. Yeah. But that's still a process. You So go back and look at your chaos. Yeah. And, it, it, the chaos. And that's what will happen. That's what you'll really find. If you're wondering why things are not in line with yourself, look at your own process. That's, 
can't tell you. Yeah. So the next thing we look at is precision. We just discussed that. How precise is your process? Mm -hmm. Then look at your performance. If I've got process and I continually work, we just talked about continuing to grow, right? I'm always refining my process. Your performance level, unless you just choose not to, has to go up. The math says so. Mm. My process, I'm precise, I perform well. Well, now let's talk about the last one, profitability. What is profitability? All right. I'm going to say this because it's absolutely mandatory for anybody to even listen to this if I don't say the word money, okay? You will probably make more money if you choose to make more money. But not everybody does the job they're doing for the amount of money you can make. Every teacher out there does not make the amount of money they probably should make. Yeah. Every social worker that's doing a wonderful job, my sister is a psychologist, I can tell you, but they do, they're, and they're just, they don't make the amount of money that they, for the, what they do. Yeah. I, and, and Jack and I have had some experiences in the youth level knowing what we've had to do, and I can tell you that I was told by my sister that we were done. And to walk away, and not in a bad way, we did our part, we did the reporting we were supposed to do, and we were told literally to let it go. And I, and, she go, and I asked her why, and this is exactly what she said. When you care as much as you two do, you're only going to get in trouble. You got Once you do your part, you have to let it go. So there's people out there doing some really incredibly tough things that probably aren't paid as well, but you know what? They love their, what they're doing. Yeah. So if that, isn't that profitable when you, when you get more of what you love yeah. and you're happier and your emotion, your spirit, in all the different states that you have, if I become more profitable and gain something, that's a plus. So by definition, it's profitable. But a lot of times, dollars will come with it. Yeah. Everybody, almost everybody ties that to only dollars. Right. There's just a lot more to it. And that's what I want to bring to the table. You know, I want you to make more money. If that's your desire, I want you to. But the goal also is to help you get the other parts of it. So all of a sudden, there's a satisfaction with the dollars. Yeah. I mean, people are in miserable places, doing miserable things, making X amount of dollars. And I'm like, okay, yeah. you can, it, it's really simple. Keep making the dollars and be miserable, or let's find a way to, why you're fired your misery. Why are you making the misery? Why the misery exists? And you make a choice. We either work on the, what makes you miserable or you work on making you change. And we've helped people make a lot of money and yep. they were very, very miserable. Yep. We've had people who never made the choice to make a lot of money and were super, super happy. Yep. I've, seen, I've seen it so many different combinations, not even funny. It's really about that, um, like Joe takes a very holistic approach to it. Right? Yeah, I do. That's the, because that's the person. That's the what. That's the what's your how. Because if I don't do that, I can't. It doesn't allow me to get into your how. Yeah. And your how is all the parts. Everything you're involved in, from your personal choices at daily, daily basis, your family, your dynamics, the world that you live in. Jack and I just talked about. We don't know what's going on on the other side of the world. But to me, that's a part of your world. Because there is nobody. I consult, and one of the things I say to people when I first meet them is, whether it's a team or a group, is. I can, I'm okay with the following statement, and I know this is true. Work goes home, home comes to work. Mm. And that first realistic recognition helps people just get on the same page. I get it, yeah. because it's real. And you know what, when people care, people know. And the idea is to be open and help bring a space of honesty, just because it is. Because you're having a rough time at home, I'm sorry that if your priorities are straight, mm. for the most part, you're having an issue at home with a kid or others. You, you know, good employers, and I know yourself, like it's, why are you here? It's not a question of, wait, but why are you doing this and not that? That's the other way around. That's the idea. It's just understanding that. It's not in this whole, I also don't prescribe to the whole concept of work, uh, work-life balance that everybody thinks it's, I give you an extra hour, so I get an extra hour. No, it's not how it works. It's not how life works. It works like this. And I say this to employers who hire me, especially in the interview process or whatever, I say the following words. You'll get all the hours you need. 
I'm available to you 24 hours a day, but I'm going to tell you this now, and I'm going to tell you straight up. When my kids are involved, I'm not asking, I'm not telling you, we're not having a discussion. I will be where they need me to be. And I'll make that clear, need me to be. Not want me to be, I need to be there. See, that's work-life balance. Mm -hmm. it's, there, are no more, there are no number one priorities. Number one priority is what needs to be done now. Last time I checked, my kids are good right now. Yeah. My private life is good right now. They don't need me. I have other things that are be, need to be taken care of. That's the priority. This whole thing of, well, I'm not priority number one. Okay. Live it. Whatever. Yeah. You know what priority number one is? What needs to be done. If we learn to live like that, see, that makes work like balance. So, Joe, um, you, you have a lot of truthful conversations. Yes. And some people can't handle that, right? Yeah. But that's the bottom. You know what's great about that? Choice. See, yeah. I want to bring things into, you know, since I work, you know, I consult in IT as well. We all know the concept of ones and zeros. Mm. How many things can be boiled down to yeses and noes? I break it down very simple. My whole goal is to make things simple. That there's everything in the world is complex. See, that's the key. People understand whether it is th do things are complicated or are they complex. Well, I can assure you everything is complex. Human beings are the most complex things that exist. The Swiss watch is a great example. It's a complex system. If I tried to explain a Swiss watch, probably could. But mm. could I simplify it enough to be understandable? The question I have for people is this. What made it complicated? The human interaction made it complicated. You have to know up front it's complex. But the bottom line is, if we can explain it simply enough, we've removed the complication. Einstein has a great quote. He's one of my favorite guys. Any intelligent fool would make it difficult, but it takes a touch of genius to make it simple. I, I love it. And I think one of the things that... Um, <laughs> That's really incredible, Joe, is that the collaboration that we're doing together along with a lot of our team members across the United States and others that are joining our world, right? And, like, what does that collaboration look like for you? Well, Jack, you know, it's like, you know, my, you have a set of standards, you know, when you ask me to get involved. We've been talking about it for a while. And, and it, it always, things that are about fit and the timing. You know, it's not like it's not that we didn't talk about it yesterday. It's been it's been just kind of things we discussed, and it ended up being time the right time. So we came together, and the idea is to help people with their processes and their different places. Because again, it's like people. Other places are different too. I mean, but I fortunately for me, I've traveled around. Basically, I've hit almost the United States. I've traveled around the world. I understand culture and people. I understand processes. You can dump me in a spot and help. You can put me over here and help. Joe, we need this. We need this. Agent attraction stuff. And those are the things that we're trying to work through and we're doing together because Jack is growing, but he's got systems and processes in place and they need to be dealt with and followed because they're good and they're structured, they're proven. Mm. But not, again, it goes back to not everybody understands the exact way to go about it. My goal is to help that process and system understanding, help individuals grow and, and just help. Bottom line is abundance mentality, grow like crazy and succeed. You guys invest a lot in people and my job is to help that investment be successful. Mm -hmm and help bring them in and say, hey, let's make them successful because everybody wins. There we go. We just talked about winning, right? We're going to teach to compete, and we're but everybody, if they're all successful, and everybody wins. That is just the greatness about this business. That's what's great about real estate. Every transaction done, um, last time I checked, everybody wins. So it's interesting you bring that up, Joe, because not everybody is a very, very high-level performer. And 
if you have a lot of them on a team, what what ends up happening? So yeah, I I liken you know to you have A B C just real simple, okay. real clear. We'll call A your all stars, B your foundation guys, and C just your gap your, your gap fillers. Okay. Okay. And I, and I don't say that negatively. You need them all. Yeah. Get a group of all stars on a team sometime. There's a lot of anybody who watches any sports will know that doesn't. Go There's a reason that. they play one. Yeah, game. yeah, and that's about it. it that's it, work. right? Yeah. There's an all-star game. Yeah. Because the and the personality, it's a personality problem. Ego personality. Yeah, you, yeah. you just you just this whole concept of you just there's no there's no dynamic. I go back to that. Yeah. The team dynamic is blown. Uh, you may think it. I if you give me all rock stars. Yeah. I will have the bet. No, you won't. It's funny because I hear that often. And I go. If you could just take um, Agent A on my team and I could clone him and make ten of them, I, that would that would just you're asking for a disaster. You're a hundred percent disaster. Yeah. Your team dynamic, you just blew up. You're not a team. You're a bunch of individuals. Yeah, that's what you created. Remember, they are dynamic for a reason. We go back to teams and units, and I just said this earlier. We talked about what is it taking here. You talked about the heart, but then here's the thing: from the neck up, your team is built that way. You know, in a squad, there's eleven members. 11 different mentalities from the neck up. The bottom line is that's what makes the culture great in your organization. 11 rock stars means 11 independent people. At some point, somebody's got to understand that million-dollar transa transaction guy, there better be about uh, 20, 50,000 guys. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. You still have space and need. And one thing about real brokers that, that you're under, I know we haven't talked about that yet, but they have a space and the way their design is built, their cloud-based system, allows for all kinds of people. That's what's really incredible about this is the people you can bring in. This is one of the first times I've seen a situation where you can actually bring in people that fit all of the needs. Every organization has a need, every group has a need, and it doesn't have to be the full-time person. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to be selling all the time? Because you have you didn't need a person every day, 40 hours a week, 60 hours a week, whatever the number is, but part-time and you knew it upfront mm -hmm. because the system allowed for an upfront process. Oh, that's right, you and I love upfront contracts. How about an upfront system? I don't know. This system's pretty upfront, so we can bring in all those players. And when you have all of a sudden, when you're filling gaps, from, maybe somebody could work, you know, three to six because it worked, or maybe somebody, you know, you have a stay-at-home parent, nine to three. They drop the kid off, pick them up at three. Jack, I can give you every day nine to three. That's pretty good. Then you know. See, it's a, not a question of what you're doing. When the roles and everything align, all of a sudden you have this incredible process. Like. I'm happy because it's a place. You're happy because gaps are filled. Yeah. You're bringing more things to close. They're bringing more things to bear for themselves. And all of a sudden, the work-life, oh, that's right, that work-life balancing comes all back into play. They're, it's like, man, I work for this wonderful organization over here. And they're talking about it. I got this. Yeah. And they're not going to give it up. I'm telling you, it's still. there's the facts today. No matter what's changed in business, no matter how technology is transformed, no matter what, whatever's going on, COVID or otherwise, Here's the thing that does not change. Culture is still the number one thing over money every day that everybody wants and decides on. They stay because of the money, because of their situation. But I'm telling you, if somebody had a choice every day, 100 out of 100, every survey ever done to this day, is still culture is number one. I, I agree. Culture. I, I agree strongly with that. So um, we're coming into this, um, like the market's always changing. Um, it, it stayed, it was actually changing during COVID. And then it, it changed I guess we're still maybe still in it, but whatever. But it changed after, and then it, when things opened up a little bit more, and, and now it's changing again. And it was different before that, and it was different before that, and it was different before, before, before that, right? So all of a sudden, all these changes, and everybody goes, well, what, like, I, I don't, like, uh, the market. What's going on with the market? 
what's well, always shifting and changing it's adaptability yes like when you have a when you have the ability to change this a little bit it's not that difficult no. and that's where somebody like my me comes change has been part of my life you know they say an operations order is good till the first shot's fired a lot of work goes into creating battle plans mm. that's great oh they shot from over here Dynam you better be able to flip turn dynamic or you're having a bad day. This is Jack, this is see this thing. I this is not life and death. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. You're right. It's not being shot at. But do you know what difference is? Survival. Mm. Maslow's hierarchy needs. Food, clothing, shelter, security, financial security, other types of security, home security, all those things. Yeah. They matter. Yeah. So when I do my work, I feel like it's it's an emotional life and it's a feeling in here. It's about helping them have that security, that financial peace, that help that bring home to the family, help them do that. Because that, and so you're like, when people say, well, it's not life and death, I'm like, mm -hmm. when people's feelings or emotions or their whole livelihood is surrounded by something, I don't know about you, yeah. but losing a job or not understanding how to be successful in a job, that's pretty terrible. And it's, yeah. and you know, we don't, the problem is we don't, we take life and death perspective from a, you know, truly like it's a, but a, we don't think about emotion. Yeah. Well, right now, last time I checked, mental health is a major issue. Well, that's, yeah. we just talked about why mindset matters with Bill. You, I, you saw it, you experienced it, and especially this particular field where it, it's so in-person transaction, you had to figure out every way to do it. To me, now you have ten new ways to do it, and they should. And I remember, I believe we had the conversation. Don't take them away. Yeah. Like I said, keep doing what you're doing. Some people might want this. Now all of a sudden, you create new models. See, change and dynamics are what I love. That's that whole concept. Don't add chaos to chaos. Not everybody loves change. I am a fan. <laughs> Keep going with it. But you know what I love? Helping people through it. That's the thing. The key is help because, again, it's everybody's different. This is my thing. Leaving something status quo for me, not so fun. Mm -hmm. Not my deal. No. I want the change. I want the 10 people that, you know, where two are good with this one, five aren't, five like this, four like, I like that. That's the, that's my So opinion. it sounds like you're spending a lot of time of, um, like, I guess we all both of us are helping folks eliminate fear yeah. and um, and that uncertainty, correct? That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a, fear is a, an interesting thing. We we fear we don't know and understand. I, I, I call it the false expectations appearing real. I like that. My buddy... Um, Uh, there's somebody that I that I listen to quite often that I really really enjoy, and you know he talks about it in that way, and I think that's a great way to understand fear yeah. is that we just we have this potential lie that we're telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's and so I liken it to boiling the ocean. Change is a all this, whenever change occurs, especially with creatures of habit. Yeah immediately it's a, um, the ocean needs to be boiled and you can't boil you'll never boil the ocean if you take a step back and you boil a glass of water I guarantee success 100 out of 100 times yeah I promise you you'll boil the glass of water but every time if you let that change become that fear it becomes that ocean you can't boil because you just let yourself get overwhelmed we increase anxiety we increase all the things that make us non-productive but also more inside it tears us up and a lot of times we don't even know how to express it. But it goes back to, into the reality of what we're dealing with. Is it as big as you think? It feels that big. So you know what? For you, it is. Yeah. And that's okay. The question is, what do you do with it?
you let it sit or do you talk to somebody and ask? Mm. And that's what you're creating. You're creating somebody that can help. That's why I'm part of the reason I'm here is to help with those things. As we bring in new agents, help them with those changes. It's, and again, reinforce the fact that you have support, you have systems. See, systems overcome market change as well. You have great technology stacks, you have great support, you have administration, you have backend. You have all of these different pieces in place that they're market agnostic because you just input to them and it does the output. The front the front facing agent is the one who manages the change of the people they're talking to. But I'll bring this statistic up because this is just a fact, you can look it up, go ahead, feel free, I don't care. Um, bottom line is people didn't stop moving, did they? No. People relocate, right? I'm so, is that still happening? I didn't know. They, people rates. die. People yeah, get divorced. I mean, uh, people change oh, jobs. Oh, that's still happening with their interest rates up? Oh, my goodness. It it's, is? It's I'm just checking. I, I didn't know. I thought that stopped. I think it all up. stopped, didn't it? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Uh, is that the big shift? Yeah, I think, yeah. everybody stopped because interest rates are up right now. Oh. So we're a whole. Up, up yeah. two points, now we need to stop completely. Yep. The, everybody stopped moving. Interesting. If there were no five points, did everybody stop moving? Yeah. That's, that's not how the world works. It, okay. it, it, we continue to move forward. So we get caught up in the things that are, are published on the news because yep. they want us to be um, they want us to fear what's what yeah. what they what they're selling, right? Yeah. That's exactly what. So then, what we do is we we take this fear and then we go to bed tonight and we internalize it. And next thing you know, we wake up the next morning going, "How am I going to do this?" Yeah. It become it becomes the how. Yeah. They, they, it, all of a sudden, they lost the why and the passion because they got lost in the how to overcome this current challenge. So let's just th let's just talk about it a little bit. So you have an agent that's been in the business twenty years. They've been through all the ups and downs. They've been through the the, the the big short, like all the short sales that were going on from like 08 to, you know, up, up till, you know, 12, 14. And then they, they saw COVID and then they made it through that. So that, that agent that's been through that and has survived it, like they've gone through all those different market shifts. Then the person that's been in the business since right before COVID and all of a sudden they come in, they're like, everybody's writing offers, man. We're going to get some stuff done. The blind squirrel find a nut and you get a couple deals done. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm a killer. And all of a sudden something changes. And then you have somebody that just enters the market right now. They didn't have any of those experiences. And they come in and they go, oh my gosh, real estate. I get to help people. Yeah. And then I caught up with the bullshit and the head trash from prior years and prior experiences. And they come in and kill it. It's called the beginner's mind. It's a Buddhist philosophy. Oh. It doesn't matter what you know, you always start out like you never know anything. So the guy in 20 years experience is still in the business, made it through it all. Guarantee his process is pretty consistent. If I went back to the time, the day he began, he didn't stop. Yeah. Just this. That new guy that came in, saw this, I can tell you the first time a challenge hits him, it's gonna be his biggest problem. And the one that comes in, probably at the worst quote, whatever, you know, the what everybody's saying, when the world is saying it's all crashing down, the world's whatever, yeah. He doesn't know any different. And it's, it's far from that right and, now. And, and yeah. so they feel, they see it, and they're successful because somebody's helped them get through that process and understand. And, oh, that's right. You don't teach about the interest rates. You don't teach about that. You go, here's the system. Here's how you sell. Here's how you do this. You develop them, and you do these things. The lat Now, you, you might say just for knowledge, like, hey, the interest rates are this today. That's a more of a just a matter of fact in passing. It's like yeah. the sky's blue today. It's hot out. That's true. Really hot today. That's about as true as that interest rate. We're not controlling that. No, we're not. Let it be. But what you can control is the understanding, the knowledge. And by the way, the more your process is precise. See, if I understand my technology and it's second nature to me, the market itself will be secondary. 
But the problem is most likely you don't understand your own processes well enough to where you can't put your mind power, your mental mind up here towards your situation. Because I gotta spend time figuring out how to do this over here because I didn't spend the time I should have. Yeah. Going back to the easy, you know, everybody's doing this, bidding on jobs, basically it's like if I walk out the door and go, oh, sale, sale, no, yeah, no. That, that, that's, that's great, but it's not real. It's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But if I understand how to go do my back end, it doesn't really matter because guess what? The person that's making massive deals when it matters the most and they're turning deals over, if they're spending time learning their back end processes and systems, and the dynamic change, guess what? They go lean on those. See, that's when you lean on that technology. And the more, maybe it takes 10 more leads than it did before. The bottom line is when you have the backup, the system, and the process, the environment, the culture, the firm, the leadership to actually back that up. Oh, that's right. That's what makes success. So, Joe, you talk, or we've, you and I have talked a lot about talent, coachability. Can you elaborate a little bit on, like, who, who's, that, who's that ideal candidate? that would come into our program and ridiculously kill it. And you know what's funny, Jack? It's not the person that just walks in and says, tell me everything. I'm, I, it's not the sponge. You want them to have a sponge mind, but not this give me everything. Because believe it or not, sometimes that's the, we miss, we, miss, we don't catch that. Mm. It's this show me everything, but I don't want to work. Then there's the I got rock star talent, but I don't want to learn. Mm. What you're looking for is, you're not really looking for the necessarily the all star. Maybe. You're looking for that person who comes in with the mindset of, I desire to learn, watch them learn, and then grow them as yeah. they go. So technically, I'm looking for a whole bunch of bees from going back from our earlier conversation. I'm looking for a bunch of bees. Because those bees, going back to our very early discussion on youth development, by the way, maturing folks is not a negative word. Anything new that you're doing, you have to mature into it. Just being clear on that right up front. Yeah. So it's new. You bring them in. You're looking for them the ability to mature through a process. We, even in IT, we call it maturing. The systems mature. Applications mature. Your systems have mature, are maturing. Right now, your, your culture and your growth, you're maturing your own culture. Because mm. as you grow, you're not, tomorrow's growth is not ready. You're not ready today. You got to grow into it tomorrow. That's what you do. You grow. It's the same thing. We take these guys, these bees, and some become gap fillers. Some become the foundation. And guess what? You know what's really cool? A few of them will become the rock stars. A few of them will become the rock stars. And by the way, that's across sales, all, every industry. Yep. It, there's a reason that there's not 100 rock stars. And a few become fillers. That's right. Some that's step okay. up, some step down. Some, some find other paths. Correct. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's, the, and that's the other thing. Jack, I'm very aware of this. There's, you know, the Macy's way. If it's not for you, we'll find a place. And we'll help you out. And it, and it might not be on our team. That's right. It might not be in our brokerage. And, you know, I know you've had conversations with people that have come in from other places and they told them about what the deals they had and what they worked at and you told them, stay, you got something great. It's not a fit. Not because you didn't like them. You wanted them, but what they had was, you know, that's an odd. I mean, most people won't do that. Telling somebody to stay where they are because they have something great yeah. instead of telling them your grass is greener. Most people are, most people that, will not tell somebody that. That's the things that we experience in, the, in, in sales and almost like human nature is the grass is greener on their side. It, it must always be, because apparently people are always looking for this green, supposed green grass, and they don't and they, realize they're out. They don't realize the diamonds are in their own backyard, right? That's right. Yeah. And to, and seek it out and search it. And do you know it? One of the first questions I like to ask people when I'm working with them though is, "Tell me about your day." And they will start somewhere three hours down the road from the start of their day, and I have to stop and be like, hey, "No, 
I, here, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to start your day. Ready? I woke up, my eyes opened, and go now. They're like, what? You just told me how busy you were. I need to find out about your day. And I little, so I need you to go, my eyes opened, and. Mm. And, keep, and I mean, and what? Do you make your bed? Do you brush your teeth? What do you, and I literally want to know. Because I can tell you now, I will find you time. You don't have free mental space? Do people stand and bait? Now, I want to say this very clearly. Some people, the bathroom space seems to be apparently interrupted too. So, can't say this for everybody, but I'd like to think that you could brush your teeth. And if you do the proper brushing for the, you know, the dental association, they see you know, how long you're supposed to brush, yeah. 20 seconds per section of your teeth. That's about three minutes. Well, that was three minutes you didn't have before because you didn't think about it like that. I just gave you three minutes to brush your teeth twice a day. I gave you six. I was gaining six minutes of time for you to just sit there and mindlessly brush your teeth, but you can use it for your own space. Hmm. There's six minutes I just gave everybody back today. I mean, you heard it right there. Joe just gave you six minutes back, right? That's the idea. It's, we so, don't, we, it's when we're caught up in our space, Jack, that's the problem. I, I think, and I think the big thing is the incremental daily continuous growth. Yes. Compounded daily is that compound pounding that Ed Milet talks about that I listen to and he's, he's dear in my heart and he's, he's part of my mastermind. He doesn't know it, Ed, but guess what? He is in my world and I listen to him religiously and he helps me with like the things for my mindset mm -hmm. and I bring it to my peeps. And I think just again, having that abundance mentality, Joe, having that, that that growth mindset, having the ability to have real conversations really is is what Joe does and what he brings to to our team and to folks that reach out to us and want to have a conversation and a real conversation. Um, if, if you want smoke, uh, he, not he, he's not your guy. No. no. But if you want to have a real conversation, and how you can take your business to the next level. Uh, Joe, myself, we're here to help and we'd love to have you connect with us. Joe, you're, again, the gratitude thing. I, I wanna hit on that last, here today on the layer, gratitude, just talk about that. So Jack, I know we talk about grateful hearts, back to that, but let's just talk about it. Jack, I, if you ever, anybody who watches Jack's social media, you'll see a lot of the words grateful. I know and I'm willing to stand right here and it doesn't matter our relationship and what we're doing together. I can tell you that it's as real as the day is long. The emotion that he shares is real. That's a genuine gratitude. Now, unfortunately, where gratitude's gotten kind of get messed up is people have forgot to teach manners. Gratitude, the word I, I'm grateful has become thank you. See, I just said I'm grateful. It's not a lot to it, right? Because they forgot, please, thank you, you're welcome, I love you, you know, I'm sorry. Five really simple words. My son said to me one time, because he's not a, as you know, my son, put a helmet on his head, different kid. Outside, take the helmet off, Zippo. And he'd say, what do I say, Dad? I'm like, well, try one of these five things. Please, thank you, you're welcome, I love you, I'm sorry. And even if it's the wrong one, you know what, they don't care. You were, you were, you, had, you, you showed manners. But that's been kind of forgotten. Yeah. So now the word grateful is now taking slips to you for thank you. Now, let's talk about what real gratitude is, genuine gratitude. If you are personally expressing a genuine gratitude, you will feel it. There's a feeling that is on, it's a, it's a, it's a strong, in-depth feeling. I was talking about Don Sizer early. There's a gratitude there. Mm. That's, if it's apparent in my words, my own, I mean, you can't stop goosebumps and, you know, vascular stuff going on in the veins. You can't really stop it.
But then all of a sudden, but when you're when you're saying to somebody either in person or even in writing, that true expression of genuine gratitude will come out, and the other person will feel the gratitude. Yeah, that is what real gratitude is about. That's what being grateful for the opportunity. It's not a challenge. The day is not a challenge. That's part of the fun of the day, because, I mean, isn't there a challenge in every day? Something to deal. Something. You, I mean, I hope you in your world as you're doing things and growing. If you're growing, you make a decision that growing is every part of your day. Well, then I guess you better be grateful for growing because and, and change and challenge because that's part of growing. It does not matter if it's the, however you decide, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. It is, it's just a thing, right? Uh, former friend, a very close friend of mine, CTO, Chief Technology Officer of a company, said there's no good or bad information. It's just information. Because once you get it, you got it. It's yours. So the situation's already gone. I mean, the bomb already went off. You can't put it back. What are you going to do with it? So if you're deciding to grow and be, have an abundance mentality, it requires work, and you have to be grateful to have the work to do. And so, just depending on the market, you know what's great? You are in an ever-evolving space. That's, be grateful for that. So, Joe, um, super grateful that you joined me today here today on Today, Today, Today on The Lair. And one of the things that we're going to be doing is our Mindset Matters uh, revamp. It's called The 1737. And it's 17 minutes and 37 seconds of value. We cut it off at 17 minutes and 37 seconds. We continue uh, the next week. But it's, we're going to bring in some of the, um, the thought leaders throughout the, uh, the, the real estate world, the sales, uh, technology, just helping people achieve at a very, very high level. And then also uh, Joe's going to be doing his five, minute, five Minutes Matter with Joe. And he'll bring value there for us. Um, again, I'm super grateful that you joined me today on the Lair podcast, and I want everybody out there to make today great. Connect with Joe. The information's down below. And Joe, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jack. Thank it's you. a pleasure. Yes, sir.